The Christian world needs more spirit-filled teaching. So often we have fiery preaching without substance or doctrine without life. But we seek to join the two. We seek to bring theology on fire. This is Andrew Wilkes. This is Leah Wilkes. And this is Theology on Fire. Hey everyone, this is Andrew, and I'm coming to you with my good friend Gustavo Rodriguez, who is a pastor in Lima, Peru. And I, if you can tell, the audio is a little bit different today. I'm recording off-site, but I believe that today's recording is going to be a great blessing. We're going to be talking about the topic of discipleship today. And for quite a few months, I've been thinking about my brother Gustavo because me personally, anytime I think of the world discipleship, I instantly think of Gustavo um, for various reasons, which I hope will become evident today. And I just believe it's going to be a great blessing. So welcome, Gustavo. Thank you, Andrew. I'm, I'm glad to be here with you. And I hope this is a blessing to all your listeners. Amen, brother. You're in Lima right now. What's it like there? Well, as you know, we are on the opposite side, so it's winter time here, and the school and everything is is different compared to the states. And also with this, you know, uh, COVID thing, uh, we have a lot of restrictions right now. We are on curfew, and we are we can go out during the day uh, to work and do things like that. But still, everybody is uh, being very careful with it, you know. I know that can't be easy, especially as a pastor. And I was really excited to see this. I had no idea you just made your 25th anniversary as the pastor there at, in Peru. Uh, yes, uh, I was ordained yeah, 25 years ago. Okay. I, I started like an associate first mm-hmm. uh, for probably a couple of years. And then I went as a missionary to Chile to start a, a new work there. So mm-hmm. that was really my first uh, pastoral ministry, you know, uh, full-time and learning and starting from zero. So it was it was awesome. It was a great experience there. That must have been really difficult as your first post. I think what we have to really tell people is though Peru and Chile are two countries within South America, there are still great differences in culture, great differences even in the language. So it might be maybe not as vast, but like the UK versus the United States. Whenever I married my wife, who's a native of Scotland, We both spoke English. We're both from Anglo backgrounds. And I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. But even today, she uses words sometimes. I'm like, oh, don't say that word. I don't want the kids to say it that way. So although sometimes we speak the same language, we have to realize that a pastorate like that is actually, that's a foreign country to you. Uh, Yes, yes. uh, It took me uh, like two years to finally feel like, you know, I could live here I could settle here. So those first two years were, uh, well, the weather is different. You know, it's cold. It gets colder there in winter. Uh, some some things, even in the language. I, I made so many mistakes in language. I, I uh, like, just an example, this pastor was, we were walking in downtown and he told me something that about a place. And he, he said that, that's a place where usually people find uh, look for their lovers there, you know. But for me, it was like in a good way, not in, in a bad way, you know, like you find someone, you find a girl, some, 
of course he was talking about the bad way, you know, like you go oh. there to look for for girls. So I, I I said, so this is where you meet where you, uh, where you met your wife. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> and then he's, he he looked at me. He said, no, you know, just that. And then after like an hour, where I start thinking, why you know he reacted like that? You know, <laughs> mistakes, you know. Oh goodness. So that's, I'm sure, where maybe a little discipleship on the ground could have helped you there in Chile, right, with that cultural difference. So what I'd like to do is I want to I hear from you, you know, as a pastor, someone who's been in the ministry for a quarter century, what does the word discipleship mean biblically? Like we have a lot of ideas, but biblically, what do you think of discipleship? Well, when I think about discipleship, I, uh, I think about really... You have to get into other people's life. That's, so it goes more than teaching, you know. It goes more than just uh, teaching God's word or God's truth. I think discipleship goes beyond that. And it has to, be, it has to do with uh, really training someone, uh, shaping someone, encouraging someone, but also... Uh, as you say, stepping on toes, you know, like also uh, try to correct things because we all come, you know, we all come to Christ with probably more things to correct than than things to encourage. Right. So it's it's allowing someone to come to your life and give you that input that you need, you necessarily need to become what God wants you to become. You know, mm-hmm. now the non-Christians have seen this term and they have seen the need of that. And probably you've heard a lot about now how, uh, coaching mm-hmm. or mentoring, you know, all the right. companies now, they, they know their their uh, managers or top people need coaching, need mentoring, need this, need that. And this is just a term probably for me, it's like discipleship, you know, it's the same mm-hmm. term. Have someone helping you, encouraging you, telling you also what you need to know, what you don't need to do, and and take and someone that can see farther than what you can see about yourself. You know, because you have your own idea about yourself, you have your own idea of what can you do. It's like a trainer, you know. It's like in sports, we we see these these people, professional athletes, you know, uh, running fast and doing this, doing that. Uh, that doesn't come because they have the ability or they are born to do that. The coach, in that sense, the, in, in sports, you know, he's the one really making them run and making them go beyond what they believe they can do. So I think that's part of what is this discipleship. It's in the Bible. And that's why you see probably there's there's a lack of that because actually what it means. Amen. That makes me think of Jesus. It makes me think about how the time that he spent with his disciples, he called them disciples, his especially his 12 apostles, he was teaching them. And um, it's so interesting that, you know, Jesus, God, but became a man, limited himself. And it says in Hebrews, and it's so strange to my ears even today, but it says he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. But when he started out in ministry, he had already developed a life with his father in secret and quiet. He already had experienced what that was. We're not told, but it, he didn't just somehow just meet his father at the baptism where God, the father said to his son, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. 
he had been well pleased because Christ had walked with him. You know, we get, we do get a glimpse when Jesus was younger and he's visiting the temple and he's asking these questions. And he says to his mother and stepfather, Joseph, don't you know I'm supposed to be about my father's business? So he had this life, like you've said, someone with more experience, the incarnate Christ, who's now imparting and teaching to his disciples. And then when Jesus is, gives his life on the cross and is resurrected, he then sends his disciples out. And I'm just going to read the scripture here in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, very popular for the starting of discipleship, right? Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then we see that beginning to be fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, right? Acts 2.42, and people got saved after Peter preached. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. But it doesn't stop there, just like you said. And the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So there's a relationship going on. And what I want to know is, whose responsibility is it to disciple believers in Christ? Yeah, as, as, as you see in those passages... Uh, that you just mentioned, like Matthew 28. Well, I, I uh, here in Latin America, we use uh, the Spanish Bible, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you use the, the, the English Bible. There are many versions now. But in our, in our Bible, it says, actually, you know, therefore go and make disciples. Mm. That's, uh, and you have some English versions that say that too, you know, uh, mm-hmm. New Living Translation. There are some versions that also have changed that. It's, it's not just because when you, when you think about teaching, we go through school and university and we have a, a lot of teaching or teachers in this case. But how many people you could say, even in that sense uh, about uh, learning things, disciple you, you know, how many teachers influence your life for good, made you a better person, made you, uh, taught you to take good decisions, you know, those are the ones that really, we could say not just taught you, but also kind of discipled you, you know? Mm-hmm. So in church also, we, we have many teachers, good ones, you know, uh, people teach the Bible and that, but how many of them will influence your life, will mm-hmm. really disciple you? And concerning your question, you know, whose responsibility, I guess is in some way in different in, in, in a different uh, capacity, everybody, for me, you know, everybody should be influencing someone, not towards Christ, towards uh, uh, living a Christian life, you know, and, as, and uh, I, I, that's a question that I like to always uh, throw when I'm talking to someone, you know, that not, not always, but God sometimes has put that in my heart, like, when I'm talking to people in, in church, you know, and this and I see this Christian brother, you know, that say, ah, yeah, I'm coming to church. When I see him, like, I'm doing good, you know, and all this. And then I ask, okay, and, and how many people are you discipling, you know? And they they are like, what, what do you mean? Yes, you know, I know you come here and you, you've been coming for some time and you are faithful. How many people are you discipling? And, and it's like... <laughs> I like to see that face in their look. It's like, what? Like, it's like, what are you talking about, you know? And, and then I mentioned what you said, uh, Matthew 28, you know, people, uh, God, Jesus said, you know, to, to make disciples. 
And so I'm, I'm going to put it like that. I explain, you know, okay, how many people? It could be one. Jesus uh, chose 12 and he's the, uh, the, the, the one that has 100% capacity. Okay, so yeah, I, I, I am not Jesus. So I can, I can pick at least one. Mm. You know, I am the one with one talent. I am that one. Okay, is there someone that you are calling maybe once a week just to see how he's doing? Is there someone that you are, uh, you, you feel responsible, like, just to see how he's doing? That's all. Maybe you, you, you are new, you don't know much about the Bible, but is there someone that uh, maybe you meet for a coffee once a week, once, a, once every two weeks, once a month, that you are being a, an influence in, in his, his life, or if he's a woman, you know, in her life? Is there someone that uh, you are disciple? And I'm telling you, Andrew, you will be surprised of how many good Christians, you know, I'm not saying bad Christian, good Christian, faithful Christians that go to church, that support the ministry and that are not doing nothing of that. It's, it's like they don't have idea that that's part of a Christian life. Mm. And, you know, it makes me stop and think about my own life. Uh, to see who I'm doing that with. I know that I want to be led by the Lord. So let's say I'm a person and I come into your church and I've been coming there for, let's say, maybe two and a half years and I'm getting involved. And you ask me and you say, Andrew, what are you doing to disciple? And I say, well, I don't know how to. What would you say to me? Yeah, it has to be something. It, it always, you know, it's uh, human, human beings. We are uh, like sometimes when we feel some something is being imposed on us or someone is telling us to do something, we can change our mindset to uh, like when you have to have a test, you know, you study for the test. That doesn't mean you're learning something. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can have an a, a plus and that doesn't mean that you're learning. That, that just means that you uh, study for the test. So when it has to do with this also, it's not like, okay, you need to do this, you know, take this uh, piece of paper where I have put everything you have to do. You have to call a person, you have to spend 10 minutes talking to him, you have to pray for that, because they could do that as, a, as part of just what they think they have to do. So I prefer it has to be, Okay, there has to be some discipline on, on it, but it has to be really spontaneous, you know. So I would tell him, you know, well, uh, you know, who who do you think, who in the church you find that may need, you know, someone to uh, call him or just to ask, you know, ask this person how he's doing, how she's doing. Ask him if he needs, what he needs prayer for, you know. Uh, it's like, sometimes we not we are not accepted by everyone you know that's that's a fact not with everybody doesn't like you that's a fact so you have to find someone that you know is open to you that likes likes you to talk to him you know to, uh, to her you know so it has to be some kind in some in some way a bit spontaneous so it's not it's, it's not something i think that has to be very structural you know like you fulfill these steps and no no we we need to we need to let because god is in us and 
the Holy Spirit wants us to do this, you know, to disciple. So it has to be part of the inner life that we do. So I don't want it just to be a structure on that. I want it to become part of you. And it's like, it has to become like a nature, nature instinct inside of you to do this. You know, it's not something that my pastor has commanded me to do. No, it's something that I do because I am a Christian and I enjoy doing this, doing this at the end. This is so, um, and I'm going to use a cliche here. It's very countercultural. Uh-huh. You know, I'm a North American and we are, we do relatively well economically and in the United States, we have a very individualistic culture. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know exactly how the culture is there in Lima. It may be even different there in the city versus the countryside. Um, but it's it moves me from a consumer mentality to a giving mentality, where what I have received, I'm now supposed to give. And that's biblical. It says, freely you've received. Now freely give Jesus poured into his disciples and then he sent them out. So I, I'm very thankful for the way you've described it where, you know, I'm a very naturally unorganized person. And so Uh the Lord has helped me to become more organized. That's how I kind of keep my thoughts together in life. Otherwise I just kind (laughs) of like a, like a ball bouncing around, you know, um, Uh And so I would tend towards personally maybe more structured and and I think that could maybe even lead to frustration t- sometimes but I'm encouraged because whenever I see Jesus I know that there was there had to be some structure but I also see like you said spon- being spontaneous like Jesus points to a tree and he mm-hmm. begins to use it as a parable or he's teaching them as they're walking. And so we're given glimpses, even like you said, getting into people's lives of some of their character flaws, some of their, that sin nature that affects them, like James and John, the sons of thunder. They didn't get that nickname from Jesus for no Uh reason, because maybe they were strong. We see their sons of thunder because they want to call down fire from heaven on the Samaritans who refuse Jesus. So I have to believe that even though most of the interactions are not recorded in scripture and we see Jesus rebuke them there that there was a lot going on behind the scenes, even just in everyday life, cooking food, walking between towns, you know, dealing with interactions between one disciple and the other, you know, just living together. Yes, definitely. And you, you, you mentioned something, you know, about uh, the culture we live in, you know, Every country has a different culture. You know, the culture in the United States is different than the culture in Peru, than the culture in Chile, the culture in China. And we have to see how the Bible have to, and, and Jesus' teachings have to clash, you know, against, the, against my culture. Amen. So, and as a pastor, I, I have to see that and I have to see my church and I have to say, okay, if we really want to follow Jesus and do what he tells us to do, then we have, I have to change the culture of the church. I, 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 there's no way I can have success, you know, or I can do what God wants me to do if I don't go against the culture. So I have to teach that. I have to change the culture of 
at first the church, you know, because if I do that, they will change the culture wherever they go, whatever they do. But so that's, that's when it comes actually discipleship, you know, to teach your people. You have to train them. You have to show them what God says, what our culture says. As you said, using just that example, you know, if I, I am indiv individualistic. If I am more like going to church and then uh, as, as it was in school, you know, the, you hear the, 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 the ring and then everybody, boom, you know, going home, you know, they leave immediately like, okay, class dismissed, boom, everybody. Some churches are like that, you know, as soon as the pastor says the last amen, boom, everybody leaves. So if I see that in my church, that's an example, you know, and I see what Jesus wants us to do, you know, what, what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to to hang out with people. He wants us to pour out in other people's life, to pray for other people. So you have to teach that. And it takes time to teach something to the church. You know, one sermon is not going to make it. One sermon is not going to make it. Sometimes you have to teach for a whole year, uh, two years. You know, you have to train your people so that they know when the pastor says the last amen in a service, they have to go and look for someone and spend time talking if they don't have a chance to see them on the week, you know, because at least Lima is a big city. People work here until seven, eight at night. Then they have to take a bus for uh, an hour, an hour and a half to go home. So I know they don't have time during the week probably to go see somebody. They don't have a vehicle. So we have to take the opportunities. One opportunity is on Sundays, let's say, you know, when we meet together. Okay, maybe sometimes I, I have done this, you know, I know this may sound heresy, you know, but sometimes I have shortened my message so that we have more time at the end to spend with people, to pray for someone, you know, because, uh, okay, my ego will tell me, you know, that, oh, my message is the most important thing, but uh, I, I am not saying that the word is not the most important thing because God has made that clear that, his word is above heavens, you know, is the most important thing on earth. But concerning his mission for us, we need to spend time for people. We need to pray one for the other. We need to do that, you know. And if I stay preaching two hours and then people have to leave immediately, then I didn't give the chance uh, for God to do what he wants also to do. Amen. You're, you're as a pastor, you're seeing what your people really need and you're discipling them accordingly. I mean, that sounds really good. I mean, Jesus himself in the upper room, he sees just before his death, his disciples are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And uh, of course, he has perfect foreknowledge. And so he knows this is coming. But um, you could think, well, his message should be different or he should be saying more. But instead, he accommodates himself and he gets on his knees or he gets down to their feet and begins to wash them to teach them a message. So, and he was the greatest pastor of all. So I think that's wonderful. You're adjusting to see what your people need and to teach them accordingly. So tell me as a pastor, you, you hit on something here. You said, basically discipleship is getting into people's lives, being used by God in their lives. And the point of discipleship is to be obedient to the commands of Jesus because of love, but also that it's about sanctification too, isn't it? About being conformed to the image of Christ, which is something the Holy Spirit does. But we can help one another along and encourage one another in that in discipleship. 
but you said it takes time. You said sometimes just to learn one thing will take years. So tell me as a, tell me about, tell me briefly about discipleship in your own life from the point you were saved until today and any ongoing discipleship that you even as a pastor would receive. Well, of course, uh, when I, I got saved, I, um, I started mainly to learn, you know, about, uh, the Bible, let's say that way, you know, doctrine, as, as the Bible's put it, you know, doctrine that will lead me to change things in my behavior or see the flaws that God was, what they need to change, see the fruit of the spirit, see the fruit of the, the flesh and all that. And that uh, really helped me, you know, to grow and to, to change uh, the Holy Spirit, of course, working in us to uh, shape us uh, and and change us that that transformation transformation that he brings to our life you know and then after years uh, of growing in that let's see in that area you know allowing allowing people to teach me it be, i came to a point in my life where i was i i was a good christian i was faithful i was supporting the church but I knew, I knew that there was something lacking in my life. I knew there was something like, you know, like, okay, I reached my capacity, you know, my top capacity, just being a good Christian, being faithful and all that. But I knew that that was not enough, you know, as at least reading the Bible, seeing the kind of people that Jesus wanted his, his, his people to be, I thought, no, there's something lacking, you know. And at that time, that's when I really uh, talked to my to my pastor at that time. And I said, you know, I, I feel like something is lacking, you know, like I am a good Christian and all that, but I need someone to really get into my life that can ask me anything and that I can... Uh, I can receive some help, you know, in, in different areas, probably in deeper areas. Now, I understand that it's dangerous because if you have a, if you have a bad leader, uh, that leader is, is going to ruin your life. You know, it's going to go beyond probably what he should go, you know, in your life. But if you have a godly pastor, a godly leader, you are giving that, that person an opportunity to help you grow. So... Uh, at that time, I felt uh, God wanted me to be in full time available for him, you know, in any capacity. So that's what I said, you know, I'm going to quit my job. And please, I, please, I want you to help me. Uh, I am available for anything you want me to do, you know, cleaning and doing things, uh, whatever. Uh, and And that's how probably I saw the biggest change in my life from being available to somebody that could teach me in my character too, not just now teaching Bible principles, but teaching you in, in, in the character, you know, mm. uh, what God wanted from me. And it wasn't easy. It was uh, probably a couple of years or, or more that sometimes I said, you know, no, I, I just prefer to be a regular church goer, you know, <laughs> this is too much. But at the end, you know, that God used that a lot uh, to help me. And, and, and I see that 
as 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 the Bible says, as Jesus said, you know, if you look, if you knock, if you ask, you will receive. Because if you continue knowing that you uh, you need to change, you, I always I, I will I hope I never reach the point where I think no, I don't need to change. I'm doing okay. As someone said, you know, the the other the only cost, constant thing is changing. You know, so even now I I am open to everything can be improved everything everything can be improved you know so i may be preaching teaching doing this doing that and i will never think or believe that i am doing it as really jesus wants me to do it no there are always there there is improvement that i can i can learn from someone you know because god uh, is not gonna send an angel necessarily to teach me he's gonna use someone and when he knows that he will open doors for you he will bring to your to your place he will bring to your life it could be a book it could be a message it can be a, a training opportunity for you it can be something that he will add to your life because at the end you know that is, is we are part of his we are his project i will say it that way you know so he knows what we need he knows when we need it so we are part of uh of that but we need to be open to that so for you in your life who or what resources do do you think have been the greatest tools of discipleship um as a pastor and as a believer uh well i think in in some way I have to become like a self learner. I don't know if that makes sense, you know. Uh, but knowing that I lack, knowing that I need help, that's that's the thing I still do now. I know I need help. I know, but and God putting people uh, people in my life to do that. But sometimes that is spontaneous, you know. As a pastor, maybe when I let's see, you know, when I visit your church and I can talk to your pastor or I can call him from here, need some advice. But that's not every day. I don't live with, with, with this kind of people, you know. So what I did is I started to see people that had success in God in different areas. Most of them are already dead. So I started to buy their books, if I can say it that way. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, read about them. Oh, and they taught me, oof you know they i could bring any people even alive or dead i can bring i could uh bring him to my house i won't talk to them because they are dead you know but right. i will let them talk to me oh and they can teach you you know things like wow you know it's like okay and i need i need to listen you know to what they teach so because i know i in some way i am limited to space limited to time but mainly you know god first through his word and then uh reading reading you know mainly for me is is the way i learn you know a lot i learn a lot by reading people we are not the same i know people uh, first way of learning may be different you know but for me it's reading i i do read and um, a lot and some things I just save them for a future time. Some things help me now. Some things help me in the 
you know, uh, or some things I already have been through, but God has used uh, books in a great way in my life. You know, it's like probably Paul said, you know, to Timothy, Timothy, please don't forget to bring me, you know, the, the roles, I need them, you know. <laughs> I mean, and Paul had been in heaven, you know, already. I mean, Paul had, had seen Jesus, Paul had 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 great miracles in his life, but he never, he, he, he said, you know, I think I need those roles, you know, please don't forget to bring them. So which authors or writers or past pastors have really blessed you? Maybe just three or four. You could, you could tell us about just their names. Uh, Andrew Murray, which is, uh, he's an old author. Um, let's see, maybe he's not famous, you know, because his books now you probably don't find them much, but, he has some books that are wow, you know, he's so, uh, so on the spot. So Andrew Murray uh, was really using a, in a great way. Then someone that encouraged me a lot to see things very different and probably has helped me in times where I was struggling in my, with myself, in my Christian life, you know, without hope or things like that. I don't know if, if people like him or not, really, but I read some books of him and he really helped me a lot. Max Lucado, yeah, yeah, he had some encouraging books, you know, that helped me a lot. In because everybody goes sometimes through difficult times, you know, through uh, dark times. In even as a Christian, even as a pastor, you know, so his books were very encouraging. You know, I, I'm not saying probably doctrinal, you know, or like teaching, but. They were very encouraging. We, we need everything. And that's one thing I have noticed, you know, like uh, you cannot just eat protein all the time. You cannot just eat sweets all the time. You can't uh, eat, uh, you know, just fat all the times. But we eat all of that. You know, we, we sometimes eat some good fat on, on the steak and, and we love it. So because I need a little thing of what he's saying. You know, it's not my main dish. It's not my main source of, of eating. But I got say some good things through that people, you know. So the, the ones that come to my mind, it, it, there are many others, you know, uh, Francis Chang, Watchman Nee. Uh, there are so many, many. I have, I have a lot of books. I don't read them all necessarily, like from beginning to the end sometimes god brings them to me just to read one chapter two chapters that help me mm -hmm. you know to to go 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 extra extra go more uh more in my christian life so not i don't read all the books uh like everything you know, I, I, you know because i i also don't have the time so that's right. what i do necessarily you know it's interesting what you said there um you know we would we would be you and I uh, from like the Pentecostal tradition, mm -hmm. spirit filled full gospel tradition, but just because we're of that doesn't mean we can't read outside of that. Doesn't mean we can't gain influence. I was going to a retreat with other young Pentecostal ministers about a year ago, and I knew the Holy Spirit prompted me to pick up a book that I have by John MacArthur. <laughs> now uh -huh. John MacArthur, if he met me. <laughs> or listen to this podcast, which I'm sure he won't, would have a lot of things I'm sure to tell me and try to correct me on. And we would disagree. But God led me to this book by this brother and uh, to one particular chapter 
about one disciple, and the book is called 12 Ordinary Men. And uh, I know that God had me read just a portion of this chapter. And, when I, and I wondered why, but I just believed it was him. And so I did it. But when I went to this retreat, I was able, when one conversation opened up, there was a brother who was struggling, and I was able to take what I had learned from this one section of this one chapter of a brother who we don't all agree on everything, but I was able to provide encouragement to this brother's life. And he actually texted me later and said, that really helped me. That was exactly what I needed. Yes, that, that's how it is. Uh, that's how it is. We, we have our, uh, even as a natural, you know, in natural life, you know, you, you, let's say that even you may be a vegan, or I don't know, you know, you're very selective on what you eat or what you, your wife takes care of you, you know, she says, <laughs> don't eat this, don't eat, that, don't eat that. But sometimes you're out and you eat an ice cream, an ice cream, <laughs> an ice cream. Uh, was I don't know what's the ice cream uh, healthy value or what is the ice cream uh, it's delicious you know, protein value but yeah sometimes it's sweet it's good you know and it's, it's yes I know you know we we have our main authors our our main doctrine that we follow you know because we believe that's what God wants from us but I don't I see God also talking to other people even if they are not in my circle you know right so and, and god uses them also so that's uh uh it's a mystery you know uh but it's a great revelation when you know that everybody's not like you that everybody doesn't think like you and that you are not the one that god has chosen to be the uh the 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 see the the main guy in the universe, you know, it's a big revelation. Uh, not many, not many preachers accept that, but it's, it's good, you know, it's good for you. Amen. So brother, if you were going to give a final exhortation about discipleship to those who listen, what would you say to them? Well, uh, one thing that I have uh, noticed, you know, is that sometimes we are afraid of things because they have titles on it or there are books about it or there are programs about it you know probably some people when they have heard about discipleship or just discipling people oh or they have immediately in their minds they have thought oh that means that we have to do cell groups or home groups or this or that and and that instead of helping you actually blocks you mm. because you assume that either you are doing it right or you are do you are doing it wrong or that you need to apply some kind of method to your life no you know that the the first uh the first uh the, the new testament church you know didn't have any book about discipleship they didn't have any program you know they started doing what they thought it was right meet at homes eat together uh, and you have to understand that they live in a small, uh, I, I mean, walking distance, probably everybody from everybody, you know, it was right. in a big city. So just care for someone. Just do that. Care for someone. It can be just one. But so if you don't start with the little, God won't help you, you know, if you say, oh, I need to disciple some people. This No, 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 just start with one. 
be faithful in that, you know, care for, care for one, care for one. And if you do that, you will see how God adds to your life because he said it's better to give than to receive. So you have to give God's life in you to one and you will become richer in God and he will add to you. You will grow. You think it's more for the other for the other person, but actually, no, you will be the one growing because God sees someone that is walking, you know, at what is doing what he wants to do, is walking in faith, is walking in obedience, and say, and God will say, God, God's going to be happy with you, you know, because you are taking care of someone he loves and he died for. And, and he will add more. And I'm telling you, in time, you will be richer, you will... You will be stronger in God. And probably, maybe, God will add more people to you. And you will be able to take care of uh, more than one. So that's that's concerning discipleship. You know, don't don't go and buy a book about discipleship. Don't go and 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 talk to your pastor and say, Pastor, we need to do discipleship and we need this program. No, no, those are those are terms, you know, but the thing is not about terms or or methods the thing is about life and discipleship is if jesus said that we had to do it he didn't say make me a program that i can approve he said do it it's life it's life so just just care for some start you're already doing for one then add another one you know add two three and you will see how how you grow and you will see how people are blessed by by you by by what god is doing in you amen brother thank you so much this is gustavo rodriguez from uh, lima peru and for those who do speak spanish i'm going to put uh, a link in the description to the podcast where you can hear his teachings and preachings from his local church and i'll also put a link there to his facebook page thank you so much brother i really do appreciate you appreciate your friendship and I appreciate the gift that God has placed in you and how you let him work through you. You're a blessing. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew, for your time. And I hope this blesses uh, your listeners. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Theology on Fire. Please subscribe so you won't miss new episodes. All of our information and contact details can be found at theologyonfire.org.